I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I just point to the logo on my chest and tell them, Slammy, Ego, Slammy, Ego, Slammy, Ego, Slammy, Ego. Hit it up hard. Hit it with strike. From the national anthem to the bottom of the night. I'm in Slammy, Ego, Slammy, Ego, Slammy, Ego, Slammy, Ego. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 322 of the Talking Fires podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden here. Thank you so much for your time. We got a lot to discuss today. Awesome, Kim, is there an inevitable trade there? Is that going to happen? Some Red Sox writers seem like they think something's going to happen there. Uh, we also going to talk a little bit about Aroldis Chapman here off the top and him not going to the Padres. And there was another detail that came out yesterday uh, about that. So I'm going to hit on that. And then Jerkson Profar, is there still a chance that he will return to the San Diego Padres, a possible reunion there? We can go over that. Obviously, I'll get to your questions and all that. Anyone in the live stream here? questions comments you can use that super chat button to make sure i get your comment i appreciate everyone for being here uh so first let's hit on Araldis chapman so he signs with the kansas city royals it's a one-year deal uh, i believe it's a little less than four million dollars and i gave my reaction to this yesterday on the channel and i was like good you know the padres i don't, I don't think that they needed him i thought it would have been another distraction if I was a no on Bauer, I needed to be a no on Araldis Chapman as well. I just didn't think that it made a whole lot of sense. And to be investing millions of dollars into a guy that was not committed to his team last season, 
left the ALDS or didn't even make the ALDS roster, skipped the workout before the ALDS just because he didn't have a guaranteed spot on the team. Then the gunshots and the choking of his girlfriend, wife, uh, just those reports. I know that was years ago, but I, I just it's not like they're they're in a desperate need for someone like Araldis Chapman in their bullpen. They're good, I think, right now. Sure, injuries could happen, but they're good with Tim Hill, Adrian Marhone, uh, Drew Pomerantz. I'm just I'm naming lefties. We can, you know, talk about Suarez, right, and Garcia, but lefties. Hater, obviously, they're at the back end. Like, I think they have strong relievers. I, I don't think that it it was needed to go get Araldis Chapman. And the Padres did not get him. But there was a report out there yesterday um, by a Yankee writer that said the Padres offered more money to Araldis Chapman than the Royals did. But Chapman wanted to close. And the Padres, obviously, he was not going to get that opportunity to close in San Diego because Josh Hader is closing, can close. He will be the closer. Robert Suarez would be the second in line. Drew Pomerantz, I believe, has closed before. Garcia can close games, I would assume. There's a lot of different guys that can close games. Seth Lugo can close games. I know he's in the rotation, but if he goes to the bullpen, he's another candidate that can close games. Like He was not going to close with the Padres. I don't be really believe this report. Like He wanted to go to Kansas City so he could close games over being with a contender with the Padres. If this is true and the Padres offered him more money, uh, I'd, I'd probably be a little dis more disappointed in the Padres uh, because this is not a guy that I wanted. And so for the Padres to be like, yeah, we'll give you more than $4 million. I assume that's what it would have been if this act, if this report is accurate. Here, I'll give you $4 plus million to come close for us, or come not close for us, come be a reliever for us when we already have a pretty good bullpen, um, I, I think. I, I I would not do that if I were the Padres. I would not have offered him more than what the Royals offered. Uh, I would not have offered him really anything if I were the Padres. But So that's disappointing to hear if that's true, uh, that the Padres did offer more money than Chapman. But at the end of the day, he's not a Padre. That's all that matters. And I, I'm, I'm like a lot of the fan base. I'm just happy that he's not on the team. All right, so we covered that. Now... I wanted to get to Jerks and Profar here. So is there still a chance for a Profar Padres reunion? I would say no to that. Darren Smith on the Darren Smith Show, San Diego Sports 760 yesterday, he said that pretty much the train has left the station on a Profar Padres reunion. Uh, and I, I would agree with that. I, I don't have sources or anything. I believe he has some sources with the Padres or people that are familiar with that situation. and so. You know, even without Darren saying that, like I, I don't think that it's likely that he, that he returns to the Padres. If you look at the Padres' numbers right now, their luxury tax, uh, according to Fangraphs, and this I believe is with the Nelson Cruz signing. That signing has not been made official as of me speaking right now, uh, but Fangraphs has the Padres' luxury tax at $270 million, a little over 270, 270.6. And the 273 threshold if they hit that, then I believe that their draft pick gets pushed back. They have to, there's a higher tax that they have to pay for the amount of money that they go over it. There's just things, there's, there's penalties there. There's more penalties for going over that 273 number than if they stay under it. There's already more penalties that they're going to have to pay. 
Um, now it's not our money and it's like, okay, well, we're trying to win here. So who cares? But are you, do you want to go over that number for Jerks and Profar when maybe he's not even going to be starting when Tatis comes back? Do you want to be giving Jerks and Profar $10, 15000000 million a year? I don't know if the Padres want to do that. It seems like they don't want to do that or else they probably would have already signed him. They would have went with Profar over Adam Engel. Um, maybe they would have went with Profar over Matt Carpenter uh, because Profar can play first base. He can DH. Now, Carpenter's probably the, the better power bat, but if they wanted Profar, I tend to believe that they would have already gotten him, and they have not gotten him. And at the beginning of the offseason, it seems like Profar was looking for a longer five-year deal. Now it seems like he could get more like a two-year deal. John Morosi on MLB Network the other day was talking about how he sees Profar maybe getting two years, 30 mil. So that's still $15 million a year, though. That's still 15 mil that would go on the Padres' luxury tax. I don't think that they want to do that. So I would lean towards Jerks and not going back to the Padres. He's a fan favorite. I'd like to have Jerks and Profar on the team. I think the Padres should get another outfielder. I, I, I don't really like Adam Engel being the starting left fielder for opening day or David Dahl being the starting left fielder for opening day. Fangraphs has Matt Carpenter being the starting left fielder for opening day, but I don't know if they really want Matt Carpenter playing the outfield for 20, 30 games while Tatis is suspended. They probably still want him playing first and DH, right? Things could change. There could be trades that has Mark, Mark, uh, excuse me, Matt Carpenter go to first base and be the permanent first baseman and Cruz be the permanent DH if Kim gets traded and Cronenworth has to move over to second. Like there's things that could happen. And if that happens, then Adam Engel is going to be the left fielder. I don't, I, I don't really like that right now. Um, now, I know the Padres have offense. They have power. Bogarts and Na uh, Nando when he comes back, but without Nando, Bogarts, Tatis, Manny, Soto, Cronenworth, like they have bats there. Matt Carpenter can have some power. Nelson Cruz, like they do have power. They have good bats. But I, I still want the bottom of the lineup to be a little stronger than what it will be on opening day. Uh, or if Tatis gets hurt, what it would be for like the whole season, right? The bottom third is what? Nola Grisham and the left fielder? You know, I, I don't know. That, that's if Carpenter or Cruz, one of them is DHing and the other is on the bench. I, I, don't, I don't really like that. I would like that lineup to be improved. That part of the lineup, the left field spot in the lineup to be improved offensively. Uh, what are some possible options? I mean, Profar is still a free agent, but again, I, I don't see that happening. David Peralta is out there. I would like that. Another lefty. Cole Calhoun is out there. Not too big on him. Chad Pinder's out there. Some like Chad Pinder, but if you look at his baseball savant page, it is bad. Uh, he doesn't really have power. Sure, he could play a lot of outfield, outfield positions. Bob Melvin is familiar with Chad Pinder, but I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of Chad Pinder. I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world to sign him, but might as well just go with Adam Engel in left field then, right? Or David Dahl. Like, Chad Pinder doesn't seem like that much of an upgrade to, compared to those two guys. You know, so in the Padres, you also have to consider they are, you know, less than $3 million away, according to Fangraphs, to, that seven, to the $273 million number. And I would think that they're trying to stay under that at least for now, and then maybe if they really want to go all in and there's a guy that, that's made available and they're okay with going over before the trade deadline, 
then they'll go over. But right now, I anticipate them staying under that $273 million number. Um, so those are some of the names out there. Because, and the free agent outfield crop of guys, it, it's not as strong now. Uh, I'm sure you probably noticed, but Andrew McCutcheon, he's going to the Pittsburgh Pirates. I think that's a great story for baseball. Kevin Pillar signing with the Cubs. Corey Dickerson signing with the Nationals. Ramiel Tapia signing with the Red Sox. Tommy Pham going to the Mets. Used to be with the Red Sox. Adam Duvall going to the Red Sox uh, after being with, I believe, Miami last year. So the outfield free agent market is not as strong. So I, 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 I don't know if I anticipate the Padres making a move via free agency in the outfield just based on the guys that are out there. But I, I would welcome a David Peralta addition. I, I, I think that he would be a good addition to the Padres. Uh, let me know in the chat, you guys, who do you, if, if you do want another free agent outfielder, who would that be? If there's other outfielders that you want on the trade market, who would that be? I would be interested in Max Kepler, but maybe the Twins are asking for too much. Um, Brian Reynolds is obviously a big name, outfield name out there, but the Pirates are asking for like a Juan Soto trade package, and the Padres are not going to give a Juan Soto trade package to the Pirates for Brian Reynolds, especially... When the Pirates are like contradicting themselves, they're lowballing Brian Reynolds in an extension. So money-wise, they don't think he's worth that much. But then they think that they should get this amazing, huge trade package for him. And Brian Reynolds wants out. So I would think the Pirates' leverage isn't as great as it would have been if Reynolds maybe wanted to stay or if teams didn't know that Reynolds wanted out. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. I don't see the Padres acquiring Brian Reynolds before the season. I don't really see them acquiring Brian Reynolds at all, unless the Pirates price tag goes down. Uh, but Profar, he is still a free agent. Um, where do you think he's going to go? I don't know. I mean, the Mariners are out there, right? The Marlins are out there. The Rangers are out there. They're interested in jerks and Profar. Uh, at least that's what some reports have said. So, I don't see him going back to the Padres. The Yankees, there's been some contact there they're keeping in touch i think keeping tabs on profar but I, I don't really see him going there either i think the yankees if they're gonna go get a left fielder or an outfielder they want it to be an upgrade like brian reynolds they want it to be like a real upgrade over the, the group of guys they have aaron hicks oswald uh peraza like they want it to be significant a significant upgrade or else why are they trading some of their prospects or some of their players, you know. All right, let's get to the chat here. Um, Flygod97 watching this at school. All right, don't get in trouble. Uh, says, if I'm not mistaken, the Padres are the best lineup in 2023 based on Fangraphs War predictions for 2023. Uh, they might be, yeah. I mean, they're, they're definitely up there. Juan Soto, I tweeted this out yesterday, Juan Soto is projected to be the best position player in baseball. The best player, I think, period in baseball. Maybe they have Otani better. But next year, 2023, this coming season, Soto is projected to have a 7.1 war, 32 home runs, 111 runs scored, 93 runs driven in, and a 959 OPS. So, yeah, you have that guy in the lineup, and you add that with Bogarts and Manny and Tatis when he comes back and Cronenworth, and Grisham's not going to have as bad of a year as he had this past year. Uh, we'll see how much playing time Camposano gets, and you have Carpenter and Cruz. Yeah, 
I um I think maybe in I don't know about baseball. I mean, I really like the Astros lineup. The Astros lineup is really deep. Uh, they brought in Jose Abreu. They might have gotten better compared to last year's lineup, at least postseason lineup. So maybe the Astros have the edge, the edge there. But the Padres, they are they have the best top of the lineup probably in baseball. Like the best four stars: Bogart, Soto, Tatis, and Manny. I mean, you can't really beat that, right? We'll get to the Kim conversation here in a little bit. I'm seeing some guy, some people in the chat here talking about Ha Sung Kim. Uh, but I just wanted to hit on the Chapman stuff and the Profar stuff first. Uh, Padre Bod says Profar won't accept the platoon role anyways, I bet. Yeah, I don't I don't think I mean maybe he will if he really wants to be a Padre, because he would have to, right? He'll be a start he'd be the starting left fielder going into opening day up to Tatis returning. But then after that, he'd be a utility guy, right? I don't know if he wants that. Uh, after coming off of last year, and he's a free agent now, and Boris being his agent, they're looking to be a starting outfielder somewhere. I think that they can be a starting outfielder somewhere, whether that's Miami, they're looking for another outfielder. I think they're looking for specifically a center fielder, but they are looking for another outfielder, um, whether that's like Texas he wants to start somewhere. Maybe he'll get that chance, uh, but it, it would not be with the Padres. I agree with that. Joseph says, Profar is solid, but not worth going into penalties for. I mean, I'd like Profar back on like a fair deal, you know, nine, 10 mil. But I do understand that, you know, if the Padres, they don't want to go over that $273 million number, I would certainly understand that. And I'm not going to freak out like, how are you not going over the 273 for Profar? Like, you have to do this. Profar is that great of a player. I think they can survive without Jerickson. Uh, but I, I'd, I'd be lying if I said I, I, you know, I wouldn't want Jerickson Profar. You know, I want Profar, but I just don't see it happening. Padre Bod says, I want to see 400 at-bats from Carpenter. 400? That seems like a Big number. Let me look at Matt Carpenter, his at-bats, how many at-bats he had. Uh, he has not had 400 at-bats since 2019. And he played 129 games. I assume he, st he started most of those games. Um, maybe he gets to 400. He definitely would have to stay healthy. So if he gets 400, I think I would think that's a good thing because he's healthy. Uh, and that's what we want, right? Because when he was healthy last year, I'm not saying that he's going to be Babe Ruth like he was with the Yankees when he was healthy. But if he can perform a little bit like that and give you a maybe you know, 15, 20 home run season, I'd be good with that. And you're splitting time with Nelson Cruz there, and you have Crony at first for now. You have Kim at second, and you have all the power right with the, the big four. I, I would take that. And Grisham having a better year. Uh, Pedro brings up Ramon Laureano. I don't see that happening either. Um, the A's, they... The last report I saw is the A's don't want to trade Ramon, Lari Ramon Laureano, or maybe the the ask for Ramon Laureano is too much. I don't see Laureano coming to the Padres as of now. I don't think the Padres want to give up on Trent Grisham. I think they still believe in him for now. Um, let's see here. Oh, Hogs in here. What's up, man? Says Ben. You think the Padres bring back Profar? I don't. Um, I I've just answered that. So I know you asked that like seven minutes ago. 
Um, yeah, I, I don't think the Padres will go over 273. I agree. I agree with you. I, I don't see that. Um, yeah, they're they're like $3 million away, and Profar is not going to make $3 million a year, right? So, yeah, I agree. I don't see Profar coming back. Congrats, by the way, on uh, having Heath Bell on your podcast. That's cool. I had him on my show earlier. Um, Padre Bod says, let's get a solid 500 pitcher to anchor the back end of our rotation. We don't need a star, just a guy who can eat 170 innings and have an ERA near four. I, I mean, for the regular season, maybe you want a guy that can just eat innings like Manaya or Clevenger, but I think the Padres need to go bigger for that. I don't think they should be setting their sights on, oh, let's just get a guy that can eat innings. Because we saw in the postseason this past year, right, a guy that could just eat innings, Sean Manaya, that's not going to cut it, right? NLCS game four, he crops the bet. Clevenger didn't get an out, you know? They need someone like Nick Martinez that they can rely on in the postseason, right? If Seth Lugo can be like Nick Martinez and they can rely on him, then maybe the rotation is better than what we thought it will be, right? It's in better shape than what we thought. But right now, I, I hope that they go get another starter. I don't care if it's before opening day. As I've said numerous times, all I care about is that this starter comes before the trade deadline because that's the last time you can be adding you know, quality starting pitchers, right? That's what I care about. Um, so, I mean, it would be weird for Preller to go in offseason without making a significant trade, but I'm not ruling that out. Like, if the right package doesn't come, if the right deal doesn't come, he's not going to force a trade, I don't think. Because we saw last year, the regular season doesn't matter, right? Just as long as you get in, that's all that matters, right? Be good enough to get in, and I think this Padres team is good enough to get into the postseason. You just have to be playing good and have the right guys come, you know, the trade deadline, because that's the last time you can, you know, add or subtract from your roster. Uh, Sam Wells says, trade for... Kepler and Gray. I like Sonny Gray. I like Max Kepler. Uh, but the Twins, they probably trade Sonny Gray because they want controllable starting pitching. But the Padres don't have that, you know, these controllable, great young starting pitchers that the Twins would want. Right? You're not giving up Dylan Lesko for Sonny Gray for one year of Sonny Gray. He's a free agent at the end of the year. Right? They're like, you're not doing that. So I don't see the Twins as a great trade partner for the Padres on like a trade for Sonny Gray, like the Twins trading one of their starters like Gray to the Padres. Maybe Kepler could work, uh, but like Luis Arise, the Twins are open to trading him. I don't see that. I'd like to have Arise at the top of the order or near the, uh, maybe be middle of the lineup near the bottom when Tatis comes back. He was the AL batting champ last year over Judge. Uh, that's average, by the way, if you didn't know that. Um, I'd love to have him. He's training with Nelson Cruz. But the Twins reportedly want multiple starting pitchers for Luis Arise, from the Marlins, at least. And the Marlins have that young, controllable starting pitching. The Padres don't have that. Snell and Darvish are free agents at the end of the year. Musgrove, they're obviously not trading. Uh, Lugo, Martinez, they're not trading, right? And, and they don't have long control, right? Jay Groom, I don't think the Padres... They'd be willing to trade him, but I don't think they're looking to trade him. And I don't think that does it for the Twins, right? The Twins are looking for Pablo Lopez and another starter, like Luzardo, maybe Cabrera. Um, the Padres don't have that. All right, I'm going to get to the rest of the chat here in a sec uh, after talking about the Hassan Kim stuff um, in a minute. But first, 
This episode is sponsored by Gaglione Bros Famous Cheese Steaks and Garlic Fries. Their main location is on Friars Road, and you can visit gaglionebros.com for their menu and contact information. You can also enjoy their cheese steaks and fries at Petco Park and inside Snapdragon Stadium. Alright, so in the athletic yesterday, Chad Jennings, he is a Boston Red Sox beat writer, and he was writing a projection of what he thinks the Red Sox lineup is going to look like. And near the bottom of the lineup, or actually at the bottom, the nine hitter was Ha Sung Kim. His name was spelled wrong, but they had Ha Sung Kim as the starting shortstop, this beat writer for the Red Sox. And then Chris Cotillo for Mass Live, he's another Red Sox beat writer. He also has mentioned Ha Sung Kim. And they're talking about how Tanner Houck uh, for Ha Sung Kim, maybe that makes sense. Um, now we can let's talk about that. Tanner Houck, is he worth acquiring? Is he worth giving up Hassan Kim for? I would say no. Tanner Houck, I've been reading up on him, and he he has closed before. He can be a swing man. That's probably what he's going to be for the Red Sox if they don't trade him. He can start games. But to trade Hassan Kim, I want someone like Pablo Lopez. I want someone who I would trust more than Tanner Houck. Like, I want an above-average pitcher. And I don't know if Tanner Houck is that. Like, there's some, there's some encouraging things with Tanner Houck. And if you look at his baseball savant, there's some encouraging things there. And he had a war over one last year, and he had a 3-1-5 ERA. He is coming off, I believe, back surgery. Um, but he's, there is a reason, right, that he is not scheduled to be in the Red Sox rotation, right? I want someone that I can trust, NLCS Game 4. Maybe I would trust Tanner Houck if the Padres acquired him and we saw him pitch the whole season. But if I'm looking at it right now, Kim for Houck, I would say no to that. I want someone better than Tanner Houck. Uh, Kim, I think some people, so, some, some fans, they're so willing to trade Haas on Kim because they see, oh, starting pitcher, controllable starting pitcher. The Padres would have like five years of control for Houck. And that's great. Having control of a guy is great with all the free agents that could be in this rotation at the end of the season, right? With Snell, Darvish, et cetera. But Hassan Kim, they still have, I believe, two years of control for Kim. And people don't realize, like, how impactful this guy is to the Padres. Like, last year, they made it to the NLCS, not, like, in spite of Kim or because, you know, and this was because Kim was dragging them down because they, that's why they didn't get through the NLCS. No, Kim really helped this team. He had a 107 OPS plus last year. The home runs, yes, the power is not great. But this guy is a great defensive player, and you're, you know the shift is going away for 2023 and 2024 when he's still under contract. So him being at second base and the range, he'll, be, he'll continue to be valuable. It's not like Bogart is coming in and Kim's going to be playing in the shift and he's losing his value. Like, no, he's going to be very valuable there at second base as the starting second baseman if the Padres don't trade Hassan Kim. Um, and he was hitting leadoff at times last year, hitting you know middle, bottom of the order. Like, this is a quality guy. He's second year, second year last year. We saw improvements compared to his first year, right? We saw a little bit better power numbers. We saw him better at the plate, more consistent at the plate. 2021, he had a 270 on-base on-base percentage. Maybe if I could speak correctly, sorry. Um, 2022, he had a 325 on base percentage. 
352 slug in 2021, 383 slug in 2022. 73 OPS plus in 2021, a 107 OPS plus in 2022. So my point is this guy is improving. And why would I think that he's not going to take another jump in 2023, right? Now, you could make the argument, well, his stock is pretty high right now, Ben. If he's going to struggle, you know, during the season, then his stock's going to be lower. Well, I'm willing to take that chance if it's if if it means that I could keep Hassan Kim and bet on him, at least to start the season. I'm not giving him up for Tanner Houck. I'm sorry, I'm just not, I'm not giving him up for Tanner Houck. If Tanner Houck was in the rotation and he didn't have the back problem last year, maybe, maybe I'd think about it. But Hassan Kim, he is a very important piece to this Padres team. And I, I've only been talking about like stats and we know his defensive metrics and the gold glove nomination and all that. Like this guy is great defensively and I think he's only going to get better offensively. But what about in the clubhouse, right? Manny loves him. I know Manny loved Hosmer and he got dealt and look what happened. They go to the NLCS. But Kim is important to this team. Clubhouse wise, chemistry wise, chemistry wise, keeping things light. Uh, there's just so many good things about Hassan Kim that I think outweigh the benefits of getting Tanner Houck. Like, I don't think you trade Ha-Sung Kim just to get an innings eater. And that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing some people, well, Houck can eat innings. I don't want someone for Ha-Sung Kim just to eat innings. You can go find innings elsewhere. I want someone that is going to be a guy that I trust to give the ball to starting game four of the NLCS. That's who I'll give Ha-Sung Kim up for. And then let's talk about the effects of a Hassan Kim trade. If the Padres trade Hassan Kim, what's going to happen? Cronenworth's going to go to second. Completely fine with that. That's his you know, most comfortable position, at least in the major leagues. He's great there. But then you're trusting Matt Carpenter to be healthy the whole year at first base. Are we sure we want to do that? And you're having Nelson Cruz be like almost a full-time DH. Do we want that? when we know that he's probably best used as a platoon guy, right? Hitting against lefties. And Carpenter is best hitting against righties. Having that platoon is better. And having Cronenworth play first, which he's still going to be very valuable because of the shift, right? The end of the shift. And you have a Kim at second, great defensive guy at second. I like that alignment more than you trade Kim. Now what are you going to do? Yep. Are you going to go replace Kim with a fir another first base guy? I mean, Mancini's already gone. There's guys, you know, the, the free agent market is slim there at first base. You're going to bring in Yuli Gurriel. You want that guy here? I'm not, I don't like that guy. He's like 39, you know? So there's, there's more effects to this than just, oh, you know, you can move Crony to second. Okay. Well then what happens there? And okay. You're getting an innings eater for Hassan Kim. Hassan Kim can really help this team in 2023 just like he did last year. So I would not trade Hassan Kim for Tanner Houck. I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts here um, in the comments. Let's continue this conversation here. Uh, this is back to Profar. I'm just continuing with the chat because I want to make sure I get to everyone here. Again, a great way to support the channel is using that Super Chat button. Let me check real quick to see if anything has happened uh, in the baseball world. Tommy Pham passed his physical. He's going to be hitting the strip club probably frequently there in New York, I would say. Um, 
All right. So Yankees are talking pro far, I heard. Barry says yes. Yes. Um, I did hit on that a little bit earlier. I don't think they're getting him. Um, maybe. But they're probably like the Padres, right? They're willing to take him on, but they have to come meet the Yankees, Bryce asked. You know, they're not going to go meet Profar's ask. And they want a significant upgrade in left field if they're going to go get one, I think. Yeah, Padre Bod says uh, Preller's going to get a lot for Kim. Tanner Houck is not a lot for Kim. You know? So, yeah, I think he could get a good a good return for Hassan Kim. Better than just Tanner Houck. Yeah, good point by Chris here. The luxury tax isn't calculated until the end of the season as well. So you still have time to shave off some money by the trade deadline. Yes, the Padres could do that. So like let's say they add Profar, it goes they go over. Maybe they if Pomerantz stays healthy, they can work out a trade there and that could dump payroll or dump some salary and you could get under some way like that. There's different, you know, Preller's very creative. The front office is very creative, right? He's thinking about things all day, about how he could do things, and he thinks probably months in advance about certain situations. So, yeah, he's thinking about this as well. He knows this. So, yeah, good point. Uh, Midos, Mito, Mito Machine, is it true that they need to be under the 273 when the season ends? Yes, they need to be under the two. It's about when the season ends, yes. So it doesn't matter where they are at the season start, when the season starts, but I'm just looking at it right now. This is where they're at, and... It's not a guarantee that they would they could move salary, right? Unless, you know, you give up some top prospects in a certain trade. I don't think it's a guarantee that you're able to move big salary guys. And to be honest, they don't have a lot of big salary guys that I think it would be great to move right now or before the trade deadline, right? Pomerantz sticks out, but what team wants Pomerantz? And what are you going to get back, right? The big salary guys with Manny, right? Uh, you know, Cruz is not big salary. Manny, who else? Tati, Tatis is like seven mil, so he's not even. But Soto, right? Hater. Those are not guys you want to move, right? Those are big parts of your team. Darvish, Snell, you're not moving those guys, right? Musgrove. So it's it's not a guarantee that they're able to move salary that they want to move, if that makes sense. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Uh, Padre Bod says Carp would be nice at first and move the Padres' actual second baseman back to his spot. Hashtag free Jake. I think Carp would be nice, but is he going to play there the whole season? And you're putting him in the lineup every day. And his numbers, it's been proven, his numbers against lefties are not as great as his numbers against righties. 
And Kim has that same thing, too, by the way. But Kim is he's an everyday second baseman. That's what it feels like it's going to be going into spring training. There might be times where against certain righties, you have Cronenworth go play second, and you have Carpenter at first, you have Cruz DHing. Um, maybe they do that. That that could be a scenario where, where Carp plays first base, but I don't think the Padres want to see Matt Carpenter play first base regularly, like every day. We got to keep him healthy, you know, because his biggest asset, right? Carpenter's biggest asset is him at the plate, you know, not not in the field. At least at his age now, right? Pedro says, Shane Bieber I've liked. Give them Camposano, Morahone, and lower prospects. I don't think that gets that done. Shane Bieber is one of the best players in baseball. And don't they have a... I think they already have a catcher that they're bringing up. A younger catcher. Um, and even if they didn't, like Camposano's not proven at the big league level either. So do these teams... I don't think... I think Padres fans, we're sitting here and like, okay, yeah, trade Camposano, but what do other teams think of Camposano? They haven't seen Camposano prove himself at the big league level, have they? No. So they probably want to see Camposano prove himself at the big league level before they say, hey, yeah, we'll trade for him as the, the big guy in this trade. Giving up, especially if you're going to give up a big guy like Shane Bieber. I mean, the Guardians, they're trying to contend this year. They're probably the favorites for the AL Central. You could throw the White Sox in there. Or the Twins got Correa back. There's question marks there with both teams. Uh, but the Guardians, I think, have improved this year, and they just won the division last year. Yeah, I agree. Can't wait for the season to start. Uh, Padre Bot again says, uh, Kim has such great value right now. Look at what shortstops are commanding. Now think about that in the trade value. He just He's just a chip to either keep or dangle. Yeah, I, I think I agree. Kim has great value right now. But if he has great value, then the Padres, they, they can't be trading Kim for just anything, for an innings eater, right? You got to trade him for more than that. For someone that you trust with multiple years of control. Uh, Barry says if Bogarts gets a few errors, Kim should be back at shortstop. Uh, no, I don't really see that happening. Um, look, Bogarts signed a, a big contract here. They could move him, and Preller said that he's going to start the year at shortstop, not saying that like he's going to be the permanent shortstop, so maybe. Uh, but I, I don't see Bogarts playing like a majority of games in another position. I don't see him playing the, a majority of his games at second base. Uh, if, you know, and have Kim at shortstop, if injuries don't happen. Like, if Manny gets hurt, then maybe you're having Bogarts play third, and you have Kim play short. Is that your best defensive alignment on the left side? Maybe. And you have Cronenworth play second, and you have Carpenter play first, or you bring in someone else as well. Um, Eggie Rosario is probably a bench option right now, Brandon Dixon as well. Uh, but if everything goes to plan, I think Bogarts is the primary shortstop, at least for the first year in San Diego. I mean, he has a long contract here, 11 years. JT Snod says, can't trade Kim. I have his jersey. Well, the Padres, they don't care about you having his jersey, to be honest. Just saying. <laughs> um, but I, no, I mean, to speak to that, he is a fan favorite. Uh, but I think 
if the Padres pull off a good trade, they get something good back. That player coming back could be a fan favorite too. We don't know who that player will be or could be, right? But um, that player could be a fan favorite. And they have plenty of fan favorites. You know, Kim, it would suck to lose him. But the Padres have lost some other fan favorites as well and and seems like they're fine, right? They've lost some clubhouse favorites and they've they've been they've been fine. Some cases they were off they were they're better off losing those clubhouse favorites. I'm not saying they'd be better off losing Kim. I'm just saying like losing Hosmer, they were better off, right? Even though the clubhouse loved the guy. They're still paying him like thirty eight plus million dollars for the last three years, in case you didn't know. Um, just going through the chat here. Royce the Ripper, good name, says Waka can eat innings, Grinky can eat innings. I don't want another innings eater in a trade. Yeah, see, Waka, he's he wants like fifteen million dollars a year, and I, I would not do that for Michael Waka. Zach Grinky seems like he wants to go back to the Royals or like retire. So I don't see the Padres getting Zach Grinky, and I'm not a huge fan of Zach Grinky. Just like his personality, he doesn't seem like a great clubhouse guy. Um, I mean, he's a veteran, knows what he's doing, but I'm not too sold on bringing in Zach Grinky. How old is this guy? Grinky, he's like 39. Grinky age. He's, yeah, 39. Yeah, I'm good. I'll pass on him. Barry says, $269 million payroll, still lots of question marks, and nearly half the team playing out of their normal position. Yeah, but look, this is what A.J. Preller does. You know, he, he values versatility, right? He, he's not going to bring in players if he doesn't think they can change positions and play well, right? Tatis, he's shown that he can play the outfield, right? Sometimes he's going to struggle out there. But Juan Soto wasn't great in right field either. And so if Soto moves to left, Tatis in right, Tatis, if he commits himself to playing the outfield, I think he's going to be a pretty dang good outfielder, okay? Hassan Kim at second base, he played some second base last year. He can play second base. Bogarts improved last year at shortstop. Jake Cronenworth has played first base. The first position that he played for the Padres at the big league level in regular season games was at first base. So I'm not concerned about the position changes. Yes, will there be times where I'm posting clips of errors for some players? Probably. But you got to expect that to happen. You can't have these huge expectations for guys that are playing a position consistently for the first time. Or maybe it goes, you know, the transition goes seamlessly and the struggles happen in the spring training and it gets ironed out. That's what spring training is for. Or maybe they happen in the World Baseball Classic. I mean, you know, that's not the Padres, right? So that's fine if it happens in the WBC. Uh, Kyle says trade Kim for Edward Cabrera. Maybe, maybe. Uh, I think Pablo Lopez is more proven than Edward Cabrera. Edward Cabrera, has, he has upside, don't get me wrong, but he does have some injury concerns, I would say. 
hasn't been able to stay healthy, I don't think, the last couple of years. I don't know how high the Padres are on Edward Cabrera. And is that is he worth trading Hassan Kim for? The Padres, uh, they probably have a better idea of that than we do. <laughs> oh, man. Irie says, I heard Pacers gives free lap dances for every Tommy Pham home run. Yeah, they'll, he'll probably get an endorsement somewhere in New York, huh? There's plenty of those around there, probably. Let's just hope he doesn't go slap teammates or slap opponents or threaten a Padres player to, to a fight uh, like he did last year with Luke Voigt. Gil says, Kim for a starting pitcher and two high-level prospects, one top 10, one top 15. Uh, I don't know if Kim gets that much back. Kim's He's a valuable player. He will get a good return back, but giving up Kim, or excuse me, another team giving up a starting pitcher and giving up two high-level prospects, that would be like the Padres. Let's say they needed a shortstop. And instead of going the free agent route where the Red Sox could, let's say, and they go get Elvis Andrus or Jose Iglesias, two defensively-minded, at least defense-first defense shortstops. That would be like the Padres not going that route and instead going and acquiring Ha-Sun Kim and giving up a starting pitcher that another team could rely on. So who would that be for the Padres? Musgrove, let's say, if they had multiple years of control. Musgrove, like in his first year at the Padres, where he's kind of proven, but he's not the Musgrove like right now. So Musgrove and then the Padres, okay, two high-level prospects. So giving up Zavala and who else? Kevin Copps? Is another team willing to do that? Like would another team, will, will would they be willing to do that for the Padres to get Hassan Kim? I don't know. I, maybe it's a starting pitcher and one high-level prospect, but two, maybe that's a little bit of a stretch. Mike asks, who's going to lead off for this team? Opening day, maybe Hassan Kim? Maybe Grisham if he has a hot spring training? Probably Kim. He's done that before. Uh, I saw MLB Network. I think it was MLB Network. Who was it? Someone put Matt Carpenter as the leadoff hitter in the projected lineup for 2023. I'm like, all right. I don't, I don't think he could lead off some games. I don't see Carpenter leading off. He's probably best more in the middle of the lineup behind Cronenworth. Um, somewhere around there, not leadoff. Maybe they have Soto leadoff just right out of the gate. You know, have Soto, Bogarts, Manny guaranteed hitting in the first inning. Maybe they go that route. Uh, when Tatis comes back, it's going to be Tatis. That's where he's most comfortable. And that's probably where he makes, he makes the most sense right now. Tatis, righty, Soto, lefty, Manny, righty. Bogarts is a righty, but you're putting him fourth, probably. Want Manny hitting in the first inning. And then Cronoworth, lefty. Do you go Carpenter, back-to-back -back lefties? Or maybe you go Cruz if a lefty's on the mound? After Crony, and then who? How many is that? Is that six? And then you go Kim, 
Oh no, Kim's a righty. No, uh, maybe Kim Kim Nola Grisham or Kim Grisham Nola. I don't know. Those are that's probably just the names that would be in it. Irie says Kim and Trent and Merrill for Reynolds and one of their pitchers. Then there will be money left to invest in Darvish and Blake. I don't really see Blake coming back. I think he's going to get paid in free agency. Uh, Darvish I could see coming back. Let's, let's see. Let's go back to this trade here. Kim, Grisham, and Merrill for Reynolds. That's too much. That's too much. I'm hesitant on giving up Jackson Merrill for Brian Reynolds. And you add in your starting second baseman and your starting center fielder. I get that Trent's being replaced by Reynolds. But you're giving up Kim as well. And again, I've already touched on how valuable Kim is to this team. I know, I did, I know you said Reynolds in one of their pitchers, but if I look at their pitchers, okay, who am I going to trade for where it's like, okay, NLCS game four, put him on the mound. I'm totally confident in this guy. None of these guys. Let's look at the Pirates rotation. Roransny, Contreras, not even a full season in the big leagues yet. Rich Hill, no. <laughs> they made a hype video for Rich Hill, the Pirates did. I don't know if you guys saw that. Mitch Keller, maybe if he was in the Padres uniform and pitched the whole year, but no, not right now. JT Brubaker, no, not right now. Vince Velasquez, we saw that worked out. Uh, so no, I would not do that if I were the Padres. James with the question, how do you see Hauk fitting in if he's traded? I see him competing for a rotation spot. Uh, and if he's not in the rotation, then he's definitely in the bullpen. Definitely on the roster. And he, he maybe he could fill um, Nick Martinez's role from last year. That That's how I would see him fit in. Like, he's a good player, but a good pitcher. But um, NLCS game four right now, put him in there. I don't know about that. Andrew giving up Kim? I don't know. I I would lean towards no. Padre Bot asks, who do you want for Kim if we trade him? I want someone like Pablo Lopez. Someone, Brandon Woodruff, you'd have to trade more than just Hassan Kim, but someone that is on a level that's higher than Tanner Howell. Someone that I could trust. Someone that's on a level above Sean Manaya and Mike Clevenger. You know, there's probably a lot of different names out there, but we don't know. We don't know all the names that are available or being made available. We don't know all the names that AJ's having conversations about with other general managers and other presidents of baseball operations with other teams. So it's kind of hard to say, well, this guy, this guy, this guy, some guys that have been floated out there, like those are the guys I guess I can you know, point to. Um, Pablo Lopez, I, I, would, I would lean toward yes for that. But I don't, know, I don't know if the Marlins are willing to give Lopez up just for Kim. You know, it has to work for both sides, right? Two sides to tango. Uh, Irie says, I heard they might want to develop Jackson Merrill one more year to increase value, uh, but he could be a trade chip next year. 
He could be a trade ship this year. I mean, we don't know. We don't know how willing the Padres are to trade Jackson Merrill. I mean, we've seen reports like they don't want to trade Merrill. Uh, Merrill is the Padres' best prospect, so I assume they don't want to trade him. Um, but maybe that changes if someone becomes available that AJ really, really loves, right? That could always happen. Right now, I don't think Otani is going to be made available for trade. Uh, I, th I think the Angels probably want to try to extend him. I don't think they will. Maybe, maybe this is... He, he's probably... There's a better chance that he's going to be made available for trade before the trade deadline. But what if Otani becomes available? And we know AJ loves him. Is he willing to give up Merrill for... Maybe this is only straight up. Merrill for Otani straight up, half a year, one pennant race of Otani. Is he willing? Is he willing to do that? I would not do that. Just, just me. I would not do that. But maybe he is. Maybe he loves Otani that much that so he's willing to do that. And he lo he loves some other middle infield prospect in the farm system, or he's going to go sign another, or he's going to he likes a middle infielder uh, in this next draft class or the next international window. Like I don't know. Um, I, I would like to see Jackson Merrill. Be a Padre, because from what I've seen, I, I really like this guy. Um, and what everyone's saying from the Arizona Fall League and all that, like he is—he's going to be really good. Um, like this guy's legit. But if, if something happens, you know, we never know. Like, did we know at this time last year that Juan Soto was going to be like definitely traded at the deadline last year? I don't think we did, right? The Nationals were still trying to extend him. So different things can happen. I want Merrill here long term, but different things can happen. It's AJ Preller. You know, it's he's he's hard to predict. Yeah, Preston, see, that's a good question. Is Tanner Houck really enough for Kim? That's the question I ask you guys. Um, I, I would say no. I would not give up Kim for just Tanner Houck. That's what I'm seeing. I mean, Red Sox beat writers, again, they have Hassan Kim projected to be the starting shortstop in their lineup for opening day, hitting ninth. And Houck for Kim is what is being brought up right now. I don't think a trade is imminent. I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and say this trade's definitely happening, but um, it seems like the Red Sox writers like are they're like talking like a trade is inevitable, you know. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, Preston, you're right. Kim was a five-war player. Do you give that up for Tanner Houck? Pedro asked, "Do you have some new details of the recovery of Tatis?" No, not really. Um, from from what I've read. The recovery is going well. Uh, the rehab's going well. The timetable is perfect. He's on time to be ready for spring training and be ready for April 20th when he's eligible to return. So, yeah, everything's going well for now. Things could change, though. Uh, Pedro asked, are you going to any WBC games, Ben? Not, not, of now, not as of now. If it was in San Diego, yeah. Uh, but it's in 
Arizona and then Miami, I think, are the last two rounds. USA, man, they're not the favorites going in. I, I think the Dominican is. Go look at their roster. Holy cow, it's loaded. Soto uh, and Manny. Is Devers playing for that team? I think he is. But like Soto was saying that he was willing to bat ninth to play for the DR. Like the USA, there's talent there, but the, the pitching is not great. Uh, it's not as great as I thought it was going to be. And it, it's harder to convince the U.S. athletes to play in this than it is to convince the DR athletes to play in this. Like the DR athletes, they love to do this. They, they would do anything to play in this, right? Soto hitting ninth. Like he's willing to do that. He's not going to, but he's willing to. The projected lineup for DR has Manny hitting sixth. Like, it's that deep. So, um, yeah, I don't think the U.S., it doesn't seem like the U.S. would win, but the DR had a stacked team last time around, right? And the U.S. won. So, we'll see. I mean, I think the U.S., they have some, they have good bats there. Uh, I'm very excited to see Mike Trout finally play for Team USA. Bryce Harper, I'm, I'm, I'm bummed that he's not playing, right, because he has the injury. Seeing Trout and Harper on the same team, like, that is a dream of mine. I, I want to see that so bad, and this was going to be an opportunity to see that. But Bryce, obviously, with the UCL injury and rehabbing with Tommy John, so that sucks. But seeing Trout, that'll be fun in the U.S. Uni. Um, Musgrove, I wish he would have played. Uh I believe Dero, Mark DeRosa has extended an invitation to, to Joe, but last time I heard, he hasn't made a decision. Maybe he has and just isn't doing it. Uh, but Nick Martinez will be pitching for Team USA. Uh, Darvish will pitch for Japan. Hassan Kim will play for Korea. Chris Matt and Tehran, I believe, are playing for Colombia. Lugo, Seth Lugo is playing for Puerto Rico. So there's a lot of players that are playing in this WBC Uh for the Padres, Nelson Cruz, his deal hasn't been finalized, but he is the general manager for the DR. Bogart's playing for Netherlands, so it's going to be a lot of us watching. Some people might not care about the WBC, but we're going to be sitting here just anxiously. Okay, please don't get hurt. Please don't get hurt. Please don't get hurt. And if they don't get hurt, who cares who wins, right? I just want to see some really competitive baseball with no one getting hurt. You know, that, that's what I care about. Seeing Darvish and Otani pitch on the same team, that'll be cool with Japan. So I'm excited for it. <laughs> Padre Bod says, Tommy Pham is a perfect fit for just uh, for uh, Buck Showalter. Zero class and baseball etiquette. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. That's a good one. Yeah, because Buck was checking Joe's balls. He was checking Musgrove's baseballs in the postseason in like the first inning last year, right? Then goes out and checks the mound and looks like a clown when the umpires check him and says, yeah, nothing's wrong. He's just dominating your team. No, the Nelson Cruz deal is not actually official yet. MCC951 asks, curious how the rule changes are going to impact games, positive or negative? I would say positive. I think there will be more base hits. Averages will be higher. So I think, I don't think we should be reacting too much to, oh, wow, this guy's having a great year. Look at his average. It's much better than last year. Well, maybe because 
more hits are coming. You know, look at the expected batting average from last year and compare it to his batting average for 2023. And maybe you see, ah, oh, maybe we're overreacting, you know, once the season gets started. But yeah, I think Soto's going to have more hits. I think that's part of the reason why you're seeing Fangrass projecting such a great year for him in 2023. Um, I think a lot of guys are going to get help from it. Joey Gallo's probably going to have a better year for the Twins. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But yeah, I, I think the rule changes will be positive. That's just with the shift. I think it'll be good to have less downtime in between pitches, you know, with the pitch clock. So yeah, I, I think I don't like putting the limit on the pickoff attempts um, because I think that just gives too much of an advantage to the runners. Like if someone picks off three times, you can just steal because you can't throw over again unless you throw him out. Because if you throw him out, then it's fine. But if you don't, then he gets second base. So guys will just run all day. And maybe I, that does increase action, so that's good. But I think pitchers should be able to throw over if they want to. Like, limiting that, I don't, I don't really understand that. You know, I understand limiting guys, like not having someone in short right field. Like, come on, baseball... Just put it back to regular people in the infield. There's people arguing, eh, you should be able to position players wherever you want. But come on. There's illegal formations in football and stuff. Like, no, I don't think you should be able to have someone sit sitting in right field all day, you know, who's an infielder, you know? I'm fine with guys being just barely on the outfield grass if they want to, but having two infielders on both sides is what. I think should happen. And that's what is happening, by the way, but they're putting, they're having infielders have their feet on the dirt too, I believe, which I don't really agree with. Like, Cronenworth said this great last year. He was saying this, I think, on 97 Through the Fan. He was saying to Gwen and Chris, he was saying, like, and this was right when the rule change was announced. Like, you're giving, you you're gave us all of this range for 2023, or 2022 where Cronenworth was able to stand wherever he wanted to. And now, 2023, you're giving him no room to do anything. Like, he has to be on the dirt. But that was when he was playing second. So, let's say Kim. Kim has to be on the dirt now. At least start the play on the dirt. He can't be on the grass. I think it's one foot, so maybe one foot to be on the grass. But I, I think as long as you have two guys on both sides of the base, I think that's fine. And you're not, like, putting a guy in left field, right? You're not abusing that. But... They're put, I think you have to be on the dirt. So I think it will be positive. You're going to see more hits, more offense, which is good, more or less dead time, more action. So yeah, I think the rule changes will be good. Mostly positive. Probably some players will complain about it, but they did this probably for the fans, right? To increase action, increase more people wanting to watch baseball, right? More money, right? It, it comes down to money. Uh, Will asks, is Jackson Merrill really that good? Yeah. Yes. Um, let me look up his minor league stats just so I'm not saying, yeah, he's good. So you can actually trust me on that. Jackson Merrill, hopefully my internet is going to work here. Jackson Merrill. Okay, so he played in the Arizona Fall League. He's 19. 
In 2022, he had a 339 average. He didn't. He, he's not hitting a bunch of home runs right now, but he can grow into his body. Tatis didn't have. He he's had to grow into his body, right? Manny's had to grow in, into his body. Cronenworth had to, you know, grow into his body. Um, Kim has had to as well. So I'm not worried about that. He hit 339, had a 906 OPS last year in the minors. Like he's tearing it up. He'll probably be in what Double A. He was with Lake Elsinore, so maybe high A to start the year, and then he'll go to double A at some point. So, yeah, he's the real deal. Definitely the real deal. Mike asks, what happened to Weathers? Lost all confidence. He's still pretty young. Yeah, he, he sucked last year in the minors. That, that's, that's what happened. Um, hopefully, he's worked on his game and comes back better this year, but I don't think you can really count on Ryan Weathers right now. I, I'd, put, I'd put Honeywell... At least, like, stuff-wise. Maybe not health, but stuff-wise, I'd put, like, Honeywell ahead of him. Maybe Wilmer Font. I don't know a whole lot about him, but Jay Groom I'd put ahead of him uh, as guys that could, you know, starting pitching depth options. Um, I'd put those guys ahead of Weathers for now. Uh, yeah, 2024 expected arrival time for Merrill. I see that in the chat. Devin asks, how would you describe Seidler and Preller? What do you mean? I mean, the best GM and owner in baseball? <laughs> I love those guys. I love, I love AJ Preller because of how he's not, he's not someone that, you know, is afraid to trade away these homegrown prospects, right? Like, he loves scouting. He works his butt off, right? Going to Japan and stuff and he he'll he'll scout a game. I've heard stories where he'll he'll he will scout a game like in Florida one day, hop on a plane wearing the same clothes, and later in the day he's scouting a game in Arizona or California. You know, like he just he works all day. You know, and the story last year, the trade deadline, right, acquiring Soto, and then after that he's talking with a scout at two thirty in the morning, and he falls asleep while talking to the scout, and that's not the first time that it's happened. So he he just uh, he is just a worker loves loves baseball. Um, it's a guy that he's not doing this just for the money, right? He loves it, and he he's a grinder. And Seidler, uh, there was a story in the Union Tribune that he takes like midnight walks, and you know he cares about the homeless, and he doesn't think of it as a problem because that's like negative, right? That 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 puts the homeless people in a negative view, right? He, he just wants to help these people out, you know? Um, so just, they seem like great human beings uh, and people that care about winning for the city of San Diego. And that couldn't, that couldn't be said about the team that left, right? So, yeah, um, that's how, I guess that's how I would describe Seidler and Preller. Hopefully that's a good answer there. Uh, Kirsten says, how can Duran... I don't know if the Red Sox are willing to part with Hauk and Duran for Kim when they can just they can just go get Andrus and or Jose Iglesias in free agency. Is Duran? Let me see if Duran is he going to be a starter for them. I don't think he is. They like Duran, right? 
I think I'm confusing him with Cassis. That's who I'm confusing him with. Yeah, Duran. Oh, he's not even. He's not even projected to be on their bench. Huh. Maybe then. I thought they were higher on Duran than like Bobby Dahlback. They they have options for Duran though, so they they could just put him in the minors. Yeah, Devin asked, did you see the picture of a rise in the Padres training room? I did. Yep. That's not. I think that's in the DR facility. That's not here in San Diego. He's training with Nelson Cruz. I wouldn't look into that at all. They're just training together. Um, yeah, they're just training together. Am I going to FanFest? Yes, I am. Hopefully, I'll see you guys there. Feel free to talk to me and say hi. Yeah, I'll be there. That's going to be packed. It's going to be the biggest, I think, attended FanFest in Padre history. And the Red Sox, they're charging fans for their fan fest winter weekend that they're doing this weekend like 90 bucks i was listening to that on ben and woods this morning the padres they're making it free like they always have and like it should be it's fan fest you're trying to engage the fans and make them go to the ballpark to see the players and stuff you know get them excited for the season why would you charge the fans for something it's not even a game that's going on you know might as well save your money for the game if you're going to charge fans so yeah padres another thing that they're doing right and those, I don't think you can even get FanFest tickets anymore. Maybe season ticket holders can. I know that they there was like a different window for season ticket holders to get FanFest tickets once they maxed out the capacity for the public. Uh, but maybe they shut that down too because you can only have so many people walking around Petco, right? Buck Clownwalter. No, that's a way to put it. Uh, do you think Tatis will get MVP votes if he if he does what he act he usually does on the field, or are we going to see a bias? Uh, he'll get MVP votes. Yeah, if if he has a tremendous year, I think him missing the first twenty games will hurt him. I don't expect him to play every day when he comes back, so that will hurt him. Uh, and yes, there will be people who will not vote for Tatis, or maybe they'll give him a top ten vote if he has this great year, but they're not going to vote him for MVP or anything like that because yes there are voters that have that you know that bias like you use PEDs I'm not going to vote for you the hall of fame I understand people doing that but for individual seasons if the guy is not using PEDs then you can you should be able to set the PEDs aside from previous years the hall of fame that's a career thing MVP it's that year it shouldn't matter what he did in previous years I appreciate everyone here for being in the chat. There is a ton of comments here today. I was only planning to go like 45 minutes, but we're over an hour. Um, Gil says, Ethan Salas already better than Nola. Well, no, that's not true, but Salas is very talented. Uh, he is very mature. Um, he's, I've, I've definitely seen the joke going around social media that he's more mature than Tatis and there are definitely people that can have that opinion. Um, I, I'm not going to go to that length. But yes, Ethan Salas, he is very mature. He is already like a leader. Um, yeah, he, he looks very, very bright. Um, and I love that. Uh, I, I think I was very mature when I was 16. And for me, speaking when I was six, I'm 19. So when I was 16, speaking, trying to remember that, like, 
if I was in front of a bunch of reporters like that, I'd probably stutter a little bit. He didn't really do that. Um, but I think what he's thinking is like, why is everyone talking about I'm 16 and, oh, I'm so poised and so mature? Like, why is everyone so surprised by that? Like, that's me. Like, when I was six or now, when some people say, like, I'm mature or professional and all that, like, that's, I'm kind of like, well, okay, thank you, but why? Why, why, is, why does that surprise you? You know, like, I, I just try to, that's just who I am, you know? Um, I don't like to waste time. You know, I don't like to waste days when I could be doing stuff. That's just who I am. That's probably who Salas is too. Like, why, why not? Why be immature? You know, what, why? You know, so that's just who he is. And yeah, he looks like a great prospect and he'll be starting in Arizona. He's, he's going to spring training. I think, I assume he's going to be at FanFest. And so that'll be cool. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of expectations putting being put on him already, but he, he's still years, he's definitely years away. But I'm excited to see how he develops. Uh, best, best case scenario, what ace should the Padres bring in? I mean, Corbin Burns is right up there for me on that list, but I assume the Brewers are going to be asking for a ton uh, for him. But, I mean, that seems like best case scenario. Brandon Woodruff is out there as well. Uh, Sonny Gray, maybe if the Twins go out of contention. Those are just some names I'd throw out there. Maybe like Chris Flexen from Seattle. Those are Pablo Lopez, obviously, is a name. Lazardo, Cabrera, you know, can throw all those names in there. Ah, idea for the podcast the Gwyns, Alicia, Tony, and family. See, here's the thing. So I've already tried uh, reaching out to Alicia and haven't gotten a response. Uh, with Tony, I have to go through the Padres, and they don't let me talk to people now for some reason. Even though I interviewed Jesse Agler, and I've done it multiple times, and I was allowed to do that. I went through them with that, and that was fine. I have been told yes by Don and Mud that they would come on. To my face, they said it multiple times. And they said that I have to go through the Padres. And the Padres said, oh, well, now we have this longstanding media policy that you can't talk to these people uh, unless you're a member of a large media news gathering organization. So maybe they have a longstanding policy, but they're kind of being contradictory because they let me talk to Agler. And, but I can't talk to Tony Gwynn Jr. or I can't talk to Mud or Don. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Mud, Mud and Don, they like me. Uh, I, I don't know if Tony Gwynn Jr. knows of me. Uh, I've met Alicia before. I met her briefly during the postseason. She's great. Uh, I've had Tony's agent on, John Boggs. He was great. Um, so, yeah, that's, I guess that's the answer to that. Uh, but yeah, those are those are great ideas. All right, that'll do it. Talking Friars episode 322. Profar, I don't think he's coming back. Is a Kim trade inevitable? That's what the Red Sox writers are making it seem like. A lot of more Padres talk coming. Uh, the season is coming up. Spring training is coming up. The WBC is coming up. 
and I'll be here for it. Thank you so much for listening and watching. See ya.